Hosts Elle and Miriam are two black homeschooling moms embarking on a self-defining journey. Listen in on conversations that will encourage you to be your authentic self while uplifting your spirit and motivating your inherent potential. They're defining what culture is for their families and want you to do the same. Bring your children along too so they can meet the cleverly cultured kids. They're all for teaching the babies while they're young, adapting to the challenges of parenting, homeschooling, and being willing to learn the lessons that the children have to offer. It's all about uplifting one another and reclaiming your innate greatness. another Cleverly Changing podcast. I am one of your hosts, Elle, and this is episode 70. We have hit a new milestone, and I just wanted to say thank you for coming on this journey with us and sticking with us and listening to our podcast. As always, please tell a friend. Let other people know that we have good, engaging shows that are about diversity in education and educating our young ones. Today's show is no different. We have a wonderful guest who has been on the podcast before, but it is definitely a true honor and a treat to have him here again. Now, before we get started in today's show, I wanted to ask you, do you know what the most common language spoken on the continent of Africa is? Hmm. It is Arabic. And Arabic is spoken by about 170 million people on the continent of Africa. The next language that is the most common language spoken in Africa is English. Yes, there are about 130 million people on the continent of Africa who speak English. So that is just food for thought for you to research with your kids this week. And I want you to also stay tuned and listen to this entire episode because we're going to be talking about the importance of engaging your children in dialogue, ways to encourage your child to hang out with a respectable crowd, and cryptocurrency and education. Now, listen, these are just some of the high points, but there are going to be many, many more. So listen to the entire episode and tell a friend. The next thing I want you to listen to is our African proverb this week. And it's from Ghana. The proverb says, if you've not been on someone else's farm, you cannot say that you're the only true farmer. It's now time for the word of the episode. Today's word of the episode is brought to you by 
the country of Haiti. L'école. L'école. L'école means school in Haitian Creole. We are back for another Cleverly Changing podcast, and we have a special guest. So Devon has actually been on our podcast before, and he is our first returning guest. Yeah? Yes. (laughs) Congratulations. This is a first, but I know that your conversations have been super popular and it is great to hear a male perspective from a male educator. And so I am super, super thrilled that you have decided to join us again. So let us get started. So for those people who are not familiar with you, you are doing big things in the community. So I'm sure many people are familiar, but can you tell everybody just a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes, Carly, thank you very much. And ooh, I'm feeling even extra juice. I didn't know I was the the first return person. I'm feeling good. Um, So my name is Devon Travell. Um, I had the honor and privilege of creating Black Wall Street, the board game back in 2017 so for those that that don't know Tulsa Black Wall Street one of the most you know iconic and wealthy black communities in in history was unfortunately destroyed in the 1921 race massacre so what we did was we were trying to figure out how can families how can youth how can people learn about Tulsa Black Wall Street learn about finances but in a you know in a in a fun way so that the kids can actually want to do it right so we created did the board game in 2017 and have been, you know, making the game better and better ever since. Um, also wrote a book called The Black History Adventures of Rose and Rodney that's based on the board game, which just got released. And we're currently turning that book into an animated series. So that's very fun. Right. Thank you, Carly. Um, and so some more uh, cool, cool stuff on the way as well. But I would say the, the board game or, and the book are the two projects that I'm most excited about right now. Awesome. Congratulations. As a fellow author, I have to say I am super excited. I love books. I'm going to have to get your book and share it because I think, you know, there's so many things that we can do and put out, but books have just a special place in my heart. And it's like, those are some of the best gifts people can give children, especially when they're young. So if people are looking for like baby shower gifts, (laughs) books grow with children or, you know, they are great keepsakes to say, these were some of my child's first books. So I am super, super proud of you. And, um, you know, add an author to to your hats. You do so many things. So this is terrific. So I want to, um, kind of jump into things and let people know a little bit about the importance of finance for young people. Yes. So one of the reasons why we really wanted to create the board game was because I've worked in education since about 2012. And when you're engaging with students, 
a lot of the students I was engaging with, they thought that they couldn't afford to go to college, right? They thought that they, they weren't going to be able to, to get the grants, to do research, to pay for school, to get the scholarships. And then even after that, they weren't sure how they were going to really you know, use their college experience to get a career, to purchase a home, to start their own business. They were kind of you know, in the middle and they're just like, you know what? I don't want even, I don't want to go to college, right? I don't see people in my community going to college. I don't know what to do with that education necessarily afterwards. So what kind of sparked the initial thing with the board game was how can we use this game to really motivate students and inspire them to see that, hey, you know how to manage money, right? You know how to make decisions on what is a good investment, what is a, a bad investment. Unfortunately, I believe Forbes, uh, did a did a study and they said that the average net worth for a African American is about twelve thousand in America, while the average net worth for a white American in America is one hundred and twenty thousand. So for for me growing up, uh, I'm a you know self identified black man. I plan on raising a beautiful black family, so I just really want to make sure that my kids understand things, right? And not to say that Black Wall Street, the board game is only for the African-American community, but that's where my motivation and my inspiration was lying in. How can we close this gap in our community so that students understand that, hey, I can own a movie theater, right? I can own a podcast company that can be, you know, creating passive income for me and my, my children. I can own a fashion brand. And as we understand how to, add more streams of income to our, our, our lifestyle, we can help to, to close that, that gap. Yes. I, I, I love what you said because this morning I was actually thinking, I don't know why, but the thought popped into my mind that people who feel like they are not comfortable taking out student loans, for their children, but yet if their child got in trouble, they would take out a loan to post bail. Mm. And I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. I'd rather take out a loan, a student loan for my child any day yeah. before I have to take out a loan for bail. Not to say that those who go to college don't also sometimes run into some mishaps. Right. I'm not insinuating that at all. But I am saying that sometimes we are quick to say, if my child gets in trouble, I'm going, you know, hurry up and post that bell. And so we will get a loan for that. And so our mindset, we need to be just as willing to take out a student loan if our child needs that for school. And yes, that's not the only way. Student loans are not the only way to fund your education. And that's what you were talking about. There are grants, there are scholarships, but in some communities, and I, I grew up in a community like that where some children did not see anybody going to college and seeing what that can do. College can give people options. It is not the only way. It is not even the best way for some people. It is just one way. And so I love that, you know, all three of us on this call, Miriam is joining us as well. All three of us have that experience where we did take the college route. And so if people are wondering where that takes us, we can say that has given me some options. And for me, 
I don't work in the field that I went to school in. However, when I ask for money and I do negotiations, I see all that discipline knowledge that I received in school coming into play. And it also has given me more leverage to command more money, to show that I have expertise, to show that credibility. And so for some of us, our route and our road to credibility will be college. So that's a whole, I know we didn't come to, to do an ad about college, but college can give you options. So it is something that our people can take a hold of and it can help blossom into other careers and other things and give you the discipline you need if you want to do other things. But it's not the only route. And I know for homeschoolers, it's definitely not always the route parents want their kids to take. They're straight. Can you tell us what are some other options? Yes. Um, and can I just, I want to do one more story on student loans specifically, right? Because you brought up a beautiful point on how if you take out student loans, it can be a, a good investment. Case in point, student loans, you're going to get maybe a 4%, 6% interest rate on that loan, which is a, when you think about finances and you think about interest rates, that is a, a pretty good loan, right? So there's something called opportunity costs. When I was in my first two years of college, I was working three jobs to pay for school. That's a lot of hours. That's a lot of brain power. My grades were up and down because I was working so many jobs. So the opportunities that I lost because I was working you know, 40x hours per week to pay for school, I'll, I'll never, I'll never know, right? My grade down. But if you're able to get the scholarships, if you're able to take out the smart investment loans, and now you have time to invest in your studies, you have time to get those A's, you have time to get internships, to network. Now you're able to get a better return on your investment when you graduate, because now you can get the better jobs, you've networked so you can get better jobs, or you can go into grad school because you use your time more wisely, right? So think about what the, you know, the, the risk and reward is for taking out the $20,000 or $30,000 at 4%, what that will be able to give you versus working the, for me, three minimum wage jobs and the result that that might give you. Right. Now, when we talk about other options, there's tons of other options out there these days for sure, right? We're living in 2022. The world is just full of opportunities. Um, for me, I'm a board game designer. I did not need to, like nothing that I'm, <laughs> nothing that I learned in college is, is necessarily helping me in my board game designing business directly, right? Um, what else? One, one of my friends is a fashion designer. He has a company called Rare X Brand. He, none of the stuff that he's doing now, he learned in college. The stuff that he learned in high school or that he just had innately. Creating a podcast is another beautiful thing that you can do without going to college. Um, cryptocurrency and NFTs. This is a space that we're going to be stepping into in a few months. But if you're good with art, if you're good with creating digital art, people are making millions, millions of dollars creating NFTs, non-fungible tokens. These are digital assets that you create. You put them on the blockchain. They have 
a, a proof of how many were made and who they were made by. You sell it to someone for, let's say, $10,000. You got those $10,000 in Bitcoin, Ethereum, all the other cryptocurrencies. Let's say they sell it for a million dollars. You get 10% of that million. So you just made another $100,000 just because you made it. Yeah, I see you, Barrio. So really, if you're if you're an artist, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a digital artist, you're a cartoonist, you make music, you should be dabbling inside of the NFT space because there is a lot of money to be made and it is the future of just ownership. Um, so that was just a few few examples, right? We definitely don't preach that college is the only way. It was our experience, but there's tons of other paths that you can build wealth and build a good life for you and your family. Yeah, you just brought up NFTs. I think what you said is phenomenal. Can you kind of tell you know our audience why it is important not to be afraid yeah. of new things like uh, cryptocurrency and NFTs? Because for so many of us, when things aren't tangible, we're like, it's not real. Yeah. Money we can touch, coins we can touch, yeah. but we are now in a technology space and things are changing. Can you unpack why it's important for us to wrap our minds around things that we cannot touch? Yeah, that is a beautiful point. So I'm gonna try not to get too spiritual. <laughs> I'm gonna try not to get too spiritual. Just tell us like it is. Just, just... You know, it's okay. It's the perfect, I was thinking that before you said that, right? it's the perfect segue. Y'all believe in God and Jesus and whoever else, right? But have you seen them, touched them? Yeah. Has any historical piece been written on them? That Yeah, yeah, go ahead, exactly. bro. Faith Sorry. without Sorry. evidence unseen, right? Like that, those are words that are literally in, in the Bible. So I'm not, I'm not connecting re religion to technology, but there is a parallel in being able to believe in whatever spiritual being universe that you believe in and also believe in, in where we're moving. Second, it's, you need to at least have these conversations in your home. It's okay if you don't believe in it, but if you're, if your kids coming to you and saying, Hey, I just learned about cryptocurrency. Hey, I just learned about Bitcoin. Actually let them talk to you about it. Because believe it or not, in 30 years, that is going to be their reality. It may not be your reality now. It definitely wasn't your past. But if you can help them understand and help them talk about where the world is going, they're going to be better off 30 years from now. Now, unfortunately, I think Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, NFTs, none of that stuff is 100% new. It's an update to the world that we're in, right? So we each, when we buy our home, all right. Hopefully everyone out there someday becomes a homeowner. You, you buy a multifamily unit, you buy your, your mobile home, whatever it is that you're able to afford, get your ownership, but you're going to have a deed to that home, right? This deed is going to say it's owned by you. This is the land, all of that, but it's a piece of paper. What happens if that paper burns? What happens if you lose that paper? Right. What happens if it's locked up in a safe and only one person has the, the code to it? And then they unfortunately they pass away. They go on to glory. And now no one can prove that this house belongs to our family with NFTs. It's on the blockchain. It's on the it's with embedded within cryptocurrency. If you bought that house with the NFT, 
No one can say it's not yours. It is forever in the blockchain that it's owned by Miriam, that it's owned by Carl. It's, it's in the blockchain. So I can go as your descendant and say, hey, this is proof that I'm their son, I'm their uncle or whatever it is. I should have property. Or I should have ownership over this house. So a deed and an NFT, same function. The only difference is this NFT will never go anywhere and you can prove it. This deed technically can get deleted. It can get lost and all of that stuff. So I wouldn't consider, you know, all these things, even cryptocurrency, the dollar, right? As we know, was on the, the gold standard. It got off the gold standard, right? So at this point, the dollar paper bill isn't worth anything intrinsically. It's worth something because we trust the government and we trust people and we know that, hey, I know it's worth a dollar. You know it's worth a dollar. Here you go. It's a dollar, right? But you take this same dollar to Europe and it's now worth 70 cents. You take this same dollar to Mexico, it's now worth $10, right? So even the, the dollar has that volatility, with, just like Bitcoin can have. The difference with Bitcoin is because of the algorithm, it has a set value and it has a set limit to how much it can create in the world. There's no limit to the amount of dollars that we can print. All right. They're they're printing dollars like crazy during during uh, this this pandemic. Right. And that's going to cause that has caused inflation, if you haven't noticed it already. Um, so without going too, too deep into it, long story short, I feel like it's an update to what's already existed. And if you're not going to believe in it, perfectly fine. Not trying to change your mind, but definitely be open to having these conversations with your kids, because this is where the world is going at some point cars were new at some point people were riding horses they saw a car and they're like mm -mm, i don't trust that car but now everybody drives cars at some point the internet was new mm -mm, i like everything written down i need to see it I, i'm not going to purchase anything on the internet now we have amazon right everything is on the internet so we see the way the world is going just talk to your kids about it. Just illuminate their mind a little bit so that they're prepared. Yes, I hear what you're saying. You're saying be willing to learn about it yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Are there any um, resources that you would um, suggest for parents to be able to at least kind of get their feet wet within that space? Because like you said, even though it's not really new. They're reinventing the, the wheel. Yeah. It's still something that has a learning curve. And to, to even have some of these kinds of conversations with our children, you know, may need some help on where, where to start. Yeah. So um, two really good resources for video people, right? If you're, if you're a person that you like to multitask, you don't want to just sit there and, and maybe read. You want to just listen as you clean the house, as you do other the things, um, the Earn Your Leisure podcast and YouTube channel, they have a lot of good guests come on and talk about real estate, talk about the stock market, talk about future markets as well, um, and NFTs. Um, another brother called 19 Keys, he's really zoomed in on NFTs, like 100% cryptocurrency, NFTs. He does a lot of content on that. Um, and then if you are a, a reader, The Third Wave by Steve Case is a really good one to kind of just learn about where the internet is going. Um, Steve Case is one of the founders of America Online or AOL, right? One of the first 
websites, first companies to get people online. And he talks about the third wave of the internet, which is where we're in now, where technology is talking to each other and cryptocurrency is a part of everyday life. So yeah, he wrote that book like a few years ago. And I think we're living in what he was writing about now. Um, so I would start off with, with some of those, those resources. Okay, thank you. We'll be sure to post those in the show notes so that you can access them more easily and get your education on. Boom. <laughs> yes. So I feel like we're just in the middle of getting educated ourselves. And I know that you have some other things that you want to talk about and really unpack for our audience. Yes, there's so much. Oh, there is so much. Uh, you let me know which, which, which direction you would, you would definitely like to go. But another thing that we have been um, building for the past year or so is our Play Black Wall Street Academy. Um, we are building out some more business-specific information in there as well. There's tons of history lessons in there. And something that I'm, I'm learning more is uh, I picked up this book. I think, I don't know if I saw this on your or Instagram page, but the Afrocentric School of Blueprint. I'm not sure if I saw this on your page or if it was someone else's page, but I saw it and I was like, oh, let me get that. So, so, so I bought that really quickly uh, and trying to, to learn better ways of building curriculum with the mindset of Afrocentricity. Um, so within our Play Black Wall Street Academy, we have tons of Afrocentric courses on intro to Afrofuturism, we're talking a lot about Mansa Musa, Queen Calafia. Um, we're going to start doing more on branding and introducing people to NFTs and how you can use NFTs in branding. And these are all for kids, but I mean, some of that stuff parents have been <laughs> registering for too and, and learning a little bit uh, or learning side by side with their scholars. Um, but yeah, really love the work that we're doing with Play Black Wall Street Academy. And our goal is to really partner better with homeschooling co-ops, homeschooling networks, as well as school districts themselves to give these resources to students directly. Absolutely. I want to just tell everybody right now, my children took a class, um, one of your classes, and they loved it. It was the first online class they actually asked to attend. They were like, oh, my class is starting. I have to have to be there and even if we were traveling or something they really wanted us to sign in like I remember being on the highway and the class was about to start and they were like no you need to use your phone to sign in so I just want to just put that plug in there and say you know how to engage the kids because I shared my story of how this year is different for my kids um, because I put them in school and what was one of the things that I remember, my daughter was sleeping in her virtual classes that she had before. And your class, she didn't fall asleep once. She was like, I gotta be ready for Kahoot. Uh -huh. <laughs> she, she wanted to, um, she was like, I have to play Black Wall Street. They love the game and everything. So I want parents to know that it's not just something that you create because you know, that's just one part of your business is something that you've invested your life in. And that comes across to the students. Yeah. It keeps them engaged. It keeps them aware. And it, it really just kind of changed my children's drive. 
um, my kids were very introverted. And I remember one of my daughters, she was like, I want to present the business that is on my mind. And she shared that she was scared to get on camera, but she was willing to speak up. And it, it really just changed the way we did things. And so I want to personally say thank you and tell every other parent, sign your kids up. Wow. It is, you know, it is worth the investment and so much more. You know, so I I love that you're taking it a step further. I'm going to have to see if I can fit it in my kid's schedule because it really meant that much to them. Mm, wow. Thank you. I literally I'm, I have chills over here. I greatly appreciate that. Right. Because we yeah, we do put a lot of work, lose a lot of sleep right into it. So it means the world to be able to get that. How's her uh, her business idea going? So she, um, <laughs> so I have to help her actually put it into the proposal, like write it down so that we can present it to people, but she still wants to do it. She actually just did. Um, so it was about pimping slides because everybody is doing, <laughs> doing slides now. Yeah. And so, um, like when she sees a teacher or something, cause a lot of teachers have slides that aren't engaging to kids. She lets them know, hey, if you send me your slide beforehand, I can help you make it better and more engaging for kids. So it's definitely something that I have to help her um, get up and running so that she is doing more with it. But it is something that's a gift of hers and something that she enjoys. And, um, you know, I'm not just saying this cause I'm talking to you. Like I am being, my kids are very picky and, uh, <laughs> because they have they, their dad is in technology, their dad creates. So they're picky about the way people talk, people's presentations, the way people present things. And so they were like, oh, he, he always brought good energy. <laughs> My kids are weird like that. They, they look at people's energy and how they are showing up. Yeah. And so you always showed up like you were excited to be with them and children noticed that oh yeah so so thank you of course yes. i will say we haven't had a chance to take any of the classes you offer yet but we do play the board game they thoroughly enjoy the board game and i am surprised sometimes at the moments where they're like can we play blackball straight i'm like sure <laughs> why not you know and they really have a good time we don't own monopoly but we have black wall street yes <laughs> come on and I it's fun it. and they have a good time the only thing is they always want to try to um finagle me into being the banker and i'm like but you're kind of taking away so i just you know count out their monies and then <laughs> find something else to do so mm. that they're forced to do it, but they really, really do it. Even my eight-year-old, and she's um, she's very selective yeah. of her gaming choices. Yeah. Quite <laughs> love it. And I think so it's, thank you. And again, like so much time and energy went into that that game, the graphics. As y'all know, like the first iteration that we did was just on a cardboard box, right? It was literally me and my grandma's house writing on markers in a cardboard box we have powerpoints thumbtacks so just to, to, to see where the game is now to hear that families love it and that kids are asking to play the game there was a point where we were like questioning like okay we're making an educational board game but is it still going to be fun like are kids still going to want to to play this game 
without their parents forcing them to, to, to play. Like, you go play this Black Wall Street game. And it's beautiful to hear that literally kids want to play the game. They love playing it. And yeah, a world where, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, it's the norm. It's almost synonymous with Monopoly within our, our community. And just like, that's just the game that our communities play. That's just the game that we grow up playing. We start learning about sole proprietors, LLCs, corporations. We're learning about OW Gurley when we're nine. Like just imagine what that future looks like, right? Where it becomes a part of the cultural norm to play a game about finances and ownership as a preteen, as a teenager. And that's fun. Like I just, yeah, it's, I'm excited. And look, I'm gonna tell you, all of y'all, one of the best things about the game, it's also the worst thing, but just because it's real life. Yeah. The riot card. When that thing gets pulled, it's like, ah, everybody, everybody is on edge. Like, oh no, oh no, who's gonna do it? What about, should I sell? Oh, they don't know what to do. Because nobody is ever able to keep the fact that they just picked up the riot card a secret. Yep. And that really is like the the climax of the game right there once that thing gets pulled everybody is yeah antsy (laughs) so if you are listening and you don't know what we are talking about head to the show notes (laughs) and there will be a code for the game get the game tell a friend about the game and have them get the game gift the game to others because it is definitely worth it it will teach your children about business and i and i have to say um, playing the game and even attending the classes, um, you know, watching the classes with my kids, I learn things. So it's not just for kids, it's also for adults. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, use the code cleverly, still on there. That That's going to be on there definitely. Be rocking with y'all. Playblackwallstreet.com, use your code cleverly, get yourself a nice discount. Thank you. Thank you. So one of the things that you know, really came up when you were talking and telling about yourself is that you're doing so many different things, but I've watched you in different spaces and you're collaborating. And you talked about the importance of networking in college, but I see you networking on the internet and collaborating with others. So in for our kids, can you talk to them about just your experience and learning how to do that? Because I think for for our young people, we don't always understand the connection of working with people mm. and learning how to be a team player. Because sometimes when we get those group assignments, <laughs> we're like, I do not want to participate. But they can make a difference learning how to work with other people. So can you kind of talk about that for our young people so that they can see how these things matter in the future? Oh, yes. Yeah. So. Well, you're 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 muted, Miriam. I know you're dropping some hot fire, though. No, no, no. It's just to add on to her question. If you could throw in like something even for adults, because I'm not going to lie. I'm that adult that does not know how to connect with people now you put me out there on the dirt i can connect with some some woodpeckers in the trees mm-hmm. people not so much so if you have any tips that can even work for adults like me who are just not peoplers that would be wonderful yeah i got you and you say you're not a people person but you got your your right hand you got your partner right here right y'all do a one-two punch yeah. with the podcast but- so i think 
totally comfortable with her and she helps me to open up a little bit more, you know, uh, I'm people. I feel really awkward and I'm like, I don't even know. <laughs> so my, anyway. you're good. My, I mean, my philosophy is you got to find the right people. Right. And I think yeah. sometimes we, we think growing up and this is, this can be for, for the youth or for our elders and adults. Like we think that everybody's our people. Unfortunately, everybody isn't our people, but you can find your tribe, right? You can find your people. And for me, I grew up playing some some sports, and I think teamwork is just something that was kind of ingrained when you're growing up. You're playing basketball, you're playing volleyball, you're playing football. You understand this is your position, right? You're the point guard. This person is the center. This person is the shooting guard, and everybody has their role. Even when you think about the great queen Beyonce, right? She always has a whole bunch of dancers with her, right? So even Queen B, she needs other people to support her. She needs the engineer to make the music. She needs the beat person to come here and make the beat. She needs her choreographers to go in there and do her dances and everybody has a role. Not everybody can be Beyonce now, right? <laughs> Not everybody can be a Kobe Bryant, right? So on your team, you may be the Kobe Bryant. You may be the Shaq which is still a really good position. You may be the Robert Ori, right? The person who's making all the, the last minute threes at the end of the buzzer, but everybody has their role. So for me, growing up in sports, I also have four siblings. So learning your own identity and kind of where you stand in the household was kind of just a natural part of growing up. I, I grew up going to amazing family reunions, right? So I think family and kind of knowing your position in society was something that I was kind of gifted and, and blessed with as, as a child that I know not everybody is able to have. But if you try to think about what is your gift? This is something that I, I try to teach in the class. What's something that really comes naturally to you? Miriam, you said you're, you're good outside. You can, you're good with plants. You can build stuff. I've tried to grow plants multiple times. It never happens for me. I'm sorry. That's not, that's not my gift, right? But that, that could be your gift. So now if I know I want a garden in my home, I need to find a friend. I need to find a person. I need to network with someone who can teach me how to do these things. And now I need to hope that that person doesn't mind being around me as well, right? It's a two-way street. But for me, with Black Wall Street, the board game, I'm an idea person, but I could not have made the board game by myself. It would, it, it would not have looked as beautiful as it did. It would not have come out in time. Everything would have shipped late, right? Because I'm an idea person. So I partnered with my, my friend, Markel, who is a graphics person. So he was able to take my cardboard box, markers, and PowerPoint, and be able to make it into a beautiful board game that's now in homes all over the world. Right. I was able to ask my queen, like, hey, queen, this is what I want to do. This is the date that I want it to be done by. How do we get it done somewhere close to this date? So she was like, cool, this is the plan. We're going to do this. She's a chemical engineer. So her brain is very organized. Right. So we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Cool. Thanks, queen. Let's do this. Let's do that. And then, of course, I'm going to add a little something because I'm just that creative person and I can't follow directions 100 percent well. But and then it ends up beautiful, right? Because we have those different team members. So very important, whether you're 
in middle school right now, high school, you're, you're 87, right? Wherever you are in this field, you have a gift. You have a unique perspective. You have something that you do very, very well. But in order for your vision to be, you know, come into reality, in order for you to really get to probably where you want to go, you need at least one other person that has a different gift that can help you get to where you want to go. So find your Shaq, find your Kobe, find your uh, your Beyonce to Jay-Z, find your salt to pepper, find your lemon to lime, find that other person, whether it's in a, a relationship, a friendship, a, a partnership that can help you get to where you're trying to go. Well said, <laughs> well said. Thank you. I love that you just brought up your queen and how, you know, you're taking her gifts and pairing them with what you do. And I think in many um, families, regardless of how they're educating their kids, moms and dads are bringing two different things to the table. Yeah. And so we have to look at when we have a partner, we have to look at what are their talents? You know, does that complement what we do? How will that work together with the kids? And I think you just kind of touched on that. You are a teacher and I know that you see different family dynamics. So do you have advice for kids who are, are young and are learning how to choose um, just the, the right community and the right friends, because I, I feel like sometimes our young people, regardless of how they are educated and where they are educated at, sometimes that environment, you know, they say, you know, the people you meet, the, you know, birds of a feather flock together. And sometimes the people that we hang out with can change our future. Can you kind of talk about how you chose to be around people that promoted your growth and helped you stay on the right path? Because that's that's a struggle for all our, our children. Yeah, that's a great question. I think my, my honest answer is growing up, I got into trouble, right? So in, in elementary school, I went to a, a public school. Unfortunately, I was one of the only black kids in that school. So whether I quote unquote deserved that trouble or it just kind of fell into my, my lap, I had a lot of energy as a kid, right? And I, I say this when I talk to kids a lot, like I used to get in trouble for talking. Now I get paid to speak, right? Which is, which is, which is very funny. So if you're, if you're out there, if you love to speak and maybe you're in a classroom setting or in your homeschool setting and you may be getting in trouble, don't worry. Someday you're going to be able to turn that, that gift into a blessing for you and the family, right? But long story short, in middle school, I did kind of hang around some of the, the wrong folks, right? I did hang around the, the quote unquote cool kids trying, trying to be cool, trying to, trying to fit in. And it wasn't until a little bit high school, right, where I, I met some, some better folks. I had my first Black teacher in, in middle school. I mean, sorry, in, in high school, English teacher. Shout out to, to Miss Franklin. So she also was like, no, like, this is what you're going to do, right? You're going to be friends with this person. Shout out to Lovia, right? Another one of our friends. And we started the Black Student Union at our school. It wasn't, it wasn't there before. And we were like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to bring the, the Black student 
groups together and we're going to make that community of positive people so that we're around who we should be around. Um, and then still had, you know, a few, a few knucklehead friends in high school. Um, but when I went off to college and when I did meet my queen, that's when, and, and some other, other, other great folks as well, but for sure, meeting, meeting the queen was the inspiration to where it was like, all right, I got to stop getting in trouble. I, I got to get I got to get my, my, my life together because I saw the, the future that we could have. And I was like, if I keep on this road, it's, it's not going to be a good future. If I go down this other path in college, work my three jobs, stay out of trouble, stay focused, become a leader, focus on these things. I saw that that road led to a better future. So I will say. You know, some of the, the knuckleheads that I was with in middle school, some of the knuckleheads that I was with in, in high school, they're not on the same path that I'm on and that the people that I'm around are on now. And I think when we're in high school, we think because of TV, because of movies that we watch, we think that those are going to be the best years of our lives. Right. We think that, oh, high school, this is it. Prom. Uh, what else happens? Winter formal, all, all that fun stuff. Right. Homecoming football games. And I was on the football team. So like, it, it was fun. Don't get me wrong. High school was very, very fun. Live, live it and enjoy it. But college or that college age for me, way better than high school. And then my adult life now being able to travel, going to Thailand, going to Jamaica, going to Spain, having a business, being able to put my passion into a board game, into books, travel the world and, and teach this stuff is way better than high school, right? But if I, if I didn't get on a better path, I would have never made it here. If I kept on getting in trouble, I would have never made it here. So I will say, yes, enjoy high school, but please surround yourself with positive images of people that you can see yourself hanging with in a positive light 10, 20 years from now, not just for the fun, but for the life that they're going to help you build for yourself as well. That was a lot. And I just, I'm wondering what can parents do? Do you have any advice for parents if they see their kid kind of dabbling with the wrong crowd? What, how do they push them in the right direction without being forceful and without just totally turning them off of, you know, cause some kids are just completely rebel. How do they kind of give those positive nudges that will steer them in the right direction? Ooh, good one, good one. So for me, when I was growing up, I think I was looking for, it can be the affirmation, it can be the, the validation. I was looking for a community that I could feel accepted in. Because for me, I got in trouble in school, right? So the classroom, and this is gonna feel different for, for homeschooling environments, or it could feel the same. If they're getting in trouble in their home classroom, right? Then they're not feeling accepted. So there's something about them, whether it's the way they talk, the way they move, the way they sing in class that may be a, you know, a disturbance to, to you or their other siblings, and you make them get in trouble for it. Now, me, I don't feel accepted. So I'm going to find people that do accept me, whether I'm getting in trouble with those people or not getting in trouble with those people, at least they accept a part of my identity. So I think the, the trick is figuring out what are those pieces of, of your kid's identity that they're trying to embrace. 
Is it the music? Is it the talking? Is it the, the sports? Is it the creating art? Like if they're always doodling in class, they like to draw. How can you put them into a summer camp? How can you put them into an artistic environment where they're meeting other kids that also like to draw? So now their their whole, you know, their whole crew, their whole gang is all a whole bunch of artists. And now they create NMTs together, they're making money together, and now they're able to, to grow that way. So I would say, you know, take a little bit of time if you haven't already to find out what are they already passionate about, what do they like to do with that group of knucklehead friends, and how can you make that activity into a positive light. Right. So it's not about changing what they're doing all the time. It's just about shifting and pivoting what they're doing so that they can use it in a more positive way. Because even we think about graffiti artists, right? We think about how that's a act of rebellion, but there's also a lot of graffiti being used in commercial advertisement now. Right. So even something that is taken and is technically criminalized out there in the public when it becomes privatized and when you can use it for companies and use it for advertisement, now you can make a living off of it. So again, it's not about stopping them from doing stuff. It's about how can I help you change this into a positive light so we can actually help you in your life. Right. Because when you're doing it on public spaces, it's considered vandalism. But if you're doing it in a gallery, it's art. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you have to you have to change that. So I love that you um, you just brought that up, and I know that parents will embrace what you said because it is a real struggle. And you know, building confident kids isn't the easiest thing in the world. It doesn't come natural to us. So we have to have these conversations. With that said, I know it is always great talking to you, and so I know we have to start winding it down. But I do have one question, and that is, what do you feel is your greatest accomplishment mm. today? Wow, that is a really, really good one. My greatest accomplishment. I'm going I'm to I'm think on this one. Hold, hold, hold on. <laughs> hold, hold, give me a minute. Okay. Um, I would have to say creating Black Wall Street, the board game with my queen. I think that is just uh, a very historic thing that we, we've done because it connects to the past. It connects to our present, to being able to play with our kids or pass it down to our great, great grandkids. Um, it, it's going to live in the future. And a, a very small Easter egg that I'll give you on, on this podcast, right? Uh, so... When we created the first edition and the second edition, we weren't married. So we were, when we made the first edition, we were a boyfriend and girlfriend. When we made the second edition, we were engaged. So on the money, we have our signatures on the money, okay? So Devon Walker is the, my, my legal name, so I signed Devon Walker. She signed uh, Sinclair Wilson, but on the masterpiece edition, which came out in 2021, when we signed the money, it was the first edition that it finally said Walker for both of us because we were actually married. So that's also like the game is literally ingrained in our life. Like as we grow, as we develop 
And as like as we have kids, like their signatures are probably going to be added to the game. So it really becomes like a part of us, a part of our family legacy. So being able to, to make that game with the queen and build this business with the queen and give that to the to the folk. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Oh, yeah, but that that would probably be the number one. I think proudest accomplishment to to date and to, until I have until I have kids that's that's probably number one. Awesome, awesome. So before we go, is there anything else you wanted to share with us? Share with our audience. Oh, I do have a I do have a quick question for for you, and then I can get into a, a share. But just because we want to homeschool our kids when we are blessed someday, can you talk a little bit about just like maybe one lesson or one thing that you really, really feel like new parents need to know about homeschooling their kids. Like they've never done it before. They're, they're stepping into it. What is one thing that for sure we need to think about in our household as we do that? To me, I'll say that taking what you did in school and putting it in the home is kind of a no, no. Um, trying to make your home a carbon copy of the way you grew up in school. And I think that's because the home is a different type of place. It's meant to be a place of nurture, a place of love, and a place of a lot of affection and attention. And school, while you have a teacher, they can't be or do all of those things. And so as a parent, everything that you do in your homeschool should be done out of love. And so that means that you will have to change some things if it's not working. You can't just say, oh, this is how I learned math. So this is how I'm going to teach my kids. That may mean you may have to relearn how to do things to teach your child another way that will allow them to receive it better. So the biggest rule in homeschooling is flexibility. And so in a school, you have these rules and guidelines that you have to follow. And in the home, because it's run by love, you can change it so that love is always first. Mm. I love that, right? I, I love that. Man, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to homeschool our kids. I think it's going to be a fun I think it's gonna be a fun experience. The queen's like, mm, it will I don't be know. Fun. I'm, I'm It'll be as fun as you sure. make it. Of course, you have bad days where you just wanna, you know, go scream somewhere. But in general, yes, it is a fun experience. And I would just say, um, pay attention, be attentive, because when you yeah. see that your child is really into experiments or really into drawing or whatever it is you can take that interest and apply it in multiple ways across different subject matters and get a more favorable response. Of course, everything that you ask them to do is not gonna be fun and they're not gonna enjoy it all the time. But when they know that you are really trying to incorporate their preferences and their likes, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I agree. I agree. So thank you for allowing me to be the, the first follow-up guest on here. I greatly appreciate that. Happy to come back anytime. Um, I would say, you know, parting words for the listeners, 
we talked a lot about love today. All right, we talked a lot about being able to, to take your time and find out what your kids love, find out what you love, find out how you can connect with other people to help you build what you love, right? So for me, that that love is kind of the, the central message almost for, for today. So I would say figure out this week, this month, how you can pour into your own cup and give yourself some self-love, all right? How, however that is. I like doing affirmations. I like smiling at myself in the morning just to give me that, that positive energy. So how can you, in your, in your routine, start embodying or start practicing some, some self-love practices? It can be listening to music. It can be dancing. It can be what you eat, whatever it is to you. And then as you do that, you know, then your, your, your youth, your family can see you, you do that and they can start doing the same thing. So you just have a house full of people loving themselves and loving each other and doing great things. Um, of course, definitely support us at playblackwallstreet.com. Get yourself a board game. Use code cleverly so that you can play with your family this month. And um, yeah, I appreciate y'all. Everybody, please stay healthy. Yes, and we will put other contact information so that you can follow him on social media. Go ahead, just shout those um, social channels out so everybody can follow you. Yeah, so you can follow our main page on at Play Black Wall Street. Street is just ST at Play Black Wall Street on Instagram. You can follow my personal page where I'm launching. My new book is coming out soon. I didn't want to take too much time on that book because it's separate from uh, Black Wall Street, but I got a new book coming out. You can follow me at Devon Travel. That's D E V O N T R U V E L. Devon Travel. Appreciate y'all. And uh, yeah, 2022 is an exciting year on, on this side. We got a lot of great stuff. Really hope y'all got a lot of great stuff going on too. Keep that positive energy, keep that self-love and um, appreciate y'all again. All right. Well, that is all folks. Bye. Did you know that we sell merchandise to keep our podcast going? Order a hoodie, t-shirt, mugs, and more today. Visit cleverlychanging.com and click on the shop tab to place your order.